Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest honor! And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G., welcoming you to this episode of the show where we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean's film pick of the week from 1986, The Seventh Curse, directed by Lam Guy Kai. Um, at least I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it's, it's Japan, it's sorcery, it's horror. I mean, it's from the guy that did Rikio, so how bad can it be? Uh, we're going to find out later on in the show, but first and foremost, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Hello! There's a lot of that. <laughs> uh, what is going on tonight, everybody? How are you? And welcome to <laughs> the Talking Terror. Oh, Aquila. Great. Glad you're here. Couldn't wait for you to show up. It's going to be astounding. Uh, but we're going to be talking about that. Obviously, yeah. later on the show, but we're also joined by the psychotic simian, the Prince of Morse Day. Yes. Get funky with a monkey. Yes, hey there, Scream Queens and Hall Hounds. It is talking terror time, baby. Your favorite hall podcast where we, your devilish DJs of doom, come in your ears with the latest hall news and movie reviews. Every Wednesday night from 9 to 11 p.m., we broadcast live to the millions of terror fans that are out there listening at home with us right now. But if you can't catch us live, we got you covered, baby, because every single episode of Talking Terror is always available to the millions and millions of fans of Talking Terror full free on Spotify and iTunes. You just remember to share the love and make sure that you and all of your fiends follow Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram, baby. What is up, my fright family? Woo! Wow. Got that cocaine tonight, baby. Hello. Hello. Oh, another rail. We good now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fine. It's appropriate because I feel like a lot of cocaine went into the night's movie. So there's just a lot of that being handed out. <laughs> That's how they got paid. Just bags of cocaine. They got paid in cocaine. <laughs> we can't afford to give you any money, but we can afford to give you bags of cocaine every day. So we got to make this shoot quick. The cocaine budget's going to run out real fast if we're not careful. All right. Another rail for you? Absolutely. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, speaking of the pick for tonight, which is the Demonic Dean, he is, in fact, here, the very highly educated, very astute, very opinionated Demonic Dean himself. Welcome, Dean. As you can tell, he's excited right out of the gate. Hello. Stop. I am the Dean. And I... I am a dean, and I am here, and I am excited, as always, to deliver you the horror news and the wonderful, exciting things on Talking Terror. <laughs> well, that I didn't catch that. Say it again. I hate comic books. <laughs> I, hate, I hate comic books, and I hate wrestling, and anything 
to do with that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, since we'll have to wait for him to respond, let's just talk about it. Fucking a hardcore legend passed away, Mr. Terry Funk, one of the greatest I've ever seen doing hardcore matches right alongside Mick Foley and a lot of other people in uh, ECW, Japan Wrestling, WWF, Tag Team Champs is uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack back in March of 1998, taking out the New Age Outlaws on the Woods of them not that long afterwards. But Terry Funk, one of a kind when it comes to hardcore. Monkey. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I agree with you. It's like, you know, he's the one that pretty much established. (laughs) Yes, you are now. (laughs) But, yeah, just establishing that hardcore fashion and bringing it to the, you know, uh, main main ring and just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cool. I know you were a fan of, of Terry Funk as well. Hardcore legend. Oh, I mean, listen, I, I, I know people like, you know, okay, Terry Funk, you know, eventually becomes the hardcore legend that is Terry Funk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but but Terry <coughs> Funk actually meant to wrestling is so much more than that. Terry Funk is one mm-hmm. of those guys that trains other wrestlers oh, to yeah. be great. Terry Terry Funk is a guy that can be plugged into almost any position at any point. Throughout, if you look, you'll see it throughout his career. You know, he is there in so many different locations throughout the history of popular wrestling as we know it. You know, we're talking from, like, the WWF heyday. I remember seeing Terry Funk back when I would read Pro Wrestling Illustrated, when, you know, before I'd ever mm-hmm. seen any WCW, like, you know, this was all NWA stuff. This was all pro-Japan stuff. Terry Funk is just one of those all around, like, he loved the actual, you know, and again, I know people will get all uppity up about it, but he loved the actual sport of professional Mm -hmm. wrestling, you know? And there are just so many great stories. Like, if you read, you know, Mick Foley's book, there are just so many wonderful stories that, like, he has of things that, that him and Funk would do together, you know? Little things like people don't know. Like, everybody remembers, you know, Mick Foley going off the cage. Funk is the one that told him he should do it to begin with. You know, as they walked right. down, you know, as they walked down to the ring and they were checking it out just to kind of see what that hell in a cell would actually look like, like, up close and personal. You know, Funk looked at him and said, you know, man, you should probably go off the top. It would be fucking legendary. Oh, and you know oh, what? Shit. And, 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 and story shit, Mick Foley's fucking status is forever cemented in WWF history because he ended up doing just that, you know? Those guys, man, the hardcore deathmatch, you know, like I remember again, like we talk about it, getting fucking videotapes from RF Video back in like the, the early 2000s mm-hmm. before everything was put onto DVD, and, you know, you only had a couple of ways to get some of this stuff. Man, I had all these hardcore Japanese fucking matches, and every one of those tapes is Terry Funk, Terry Funk, Terry Funk. You know, the guy would put his body on the line all the time for our entertainment because he loved the sport of professional wrestling. He never goes to be a Hulk Hogan. He never goes to be a nope. Rick Boo Blair. 
Punk, and he blazed his own fucking trail throughout the goddamn history of wrestling. Yeah. And it is such a sad day to be a wrestling fan. I saw that shit come up on Facebook, and I was just immediately like, yep. wow, that shit yeah. fucking absolutely blows. Yeah. Thank I you, saw Punk, for all the great times, man. And yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, who yeah. better than him? I mean, he had his own school for a while, Funk University, Funk U, where he was mm-hmm. training people Funk to you. come up in wrestling. You know, he just loved wrestling. He didn't want to be a big guy. He didn't want to be a champion. He didn't want to be IC or world heavyweight. He just wanted to fight. And he actually did win the tag team championships, like I told you, uh, you guys, with uh, Chainsaw Charlie, his character, and Cactus Jack. They lost him really fucking quick, but for a little while, yeah, Funk was a champion. He was a tag champ. So, I mean, it was pretty cool to see that. And I used to love the Chainsaw the dumpster, Charlie character. The he just fucking wore a stocking was WrestleMania set. 14, wasn't it? <laughs> yep, that's right. That's when they lost him. That's when... Uh, uh, New Age Outlaws beat them. New Age Outlaws took him back. Yeah. Yep. Lost him for a while. Took him right back. The Road Dogs. Yes, same. (laughs) Oh, you didn't didn't know? New Age Outlaws. (laughs) If you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking best ear to be alive. But, uh, Dean, are you with us now? Are you good? Yeah, as far as I know, yes. I do my uh, my character. My oh, Terry Funk yeah. uh, fandom uh, does not, you know, is more on uh, the side of, of, of the cinema side of things because uh, I don't. If you he, he was in Roadhouse. I Funk had a, a, a long and uh, like a long and good friendship with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Sylvester Stallone had him in, in his post Rocky movie called Paradise Alley, as well uh, as had him playing a run of Robert Loggia's heavies. Uh, in Over the Top, and in addition to that, he had Terry Funk work on stunts in both Rocky Five and Rambo Part Three. Uh, so, hmm. a long uh, relationship between Terry Funk and Stallone over the years, uh, as well. And of course, yes, um, you know, uh, one of the, you know, one of the the upper echelon, uh, like so bad it's good movies. Uh, Roadhouse, yes, he played Morgan uh, in Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Morgan, Morgan, Dalton. In the words of of Dalton, uh, didn't have the right temperament for the trade. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, great, a great role there. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up Paradise Alley because I think that's an awesome. underrated movie. I I do really enjoy Paradise Alley. Um, you know, it's an underrated Stallone movie. You know, it's not what you would expect from Stallone, but at the same time, you kind of do. But he knew how to write. Like, I was kind of surprised for some of South Paradise Alley. And I was like, you know, aside from Rocky, like, he could really write some good dialogue and singing. So if you guys haven't checked out Paradise Alley, definitely recommend. One of those passion projects I always wanted to do, and you got a chance to make it. But, um, yeah, moving on from that. But, all right, Dean, uh, what are we talking about with horror news? What do you got to hit us with? Show us what you're working with. Well, this started this this started as a as a smaller uh story that grew uh once I went looking for some additional information and what I'm going to say is that it's that time of year um in in the the fall season when we get the opportunity to see some of these things but I did learn in just in just a couple of weeks time it's going to be both the 35th anniversary of John Carpenter's They Live and the 40th anniversary of John Carpenter's Christine. And to celebrate the 35th and 40th anniversary of these films, uh, they are going to be returning to the cinema nationwide. 
you will have the opportunity to see They Live on both September 3rd and September 6th. And then you will have the opportunity to see Christine in the theater on September 10th and September 13th. So I have both of those on my calendar and will be trying to make it a point to definitely see those on the big screen. Uh, That will be a super treat. But when I went to find the details of when these films were going to be playing, I learned, and I was hoping this was going to happen, because last week I talked about the 4K restoration for the 50th anniversary, uh, but I have learned that on October 1st and on October 4th, uh, to celebrate the 50th anniversary, The Exorcist is going to be returning to the big screen, one that I have never seen on the big screen before and have always wanted the opportunity to do so. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, the opportunity to see that as well. Uh, this next one, to celebrate its 20th or 25th anniversary, I can't remember, I think 20th, uh, on both October 8th and October 11th, uh, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses is returning to the cinemas nationwide for two nights. Ooh, and uh, then just for the spooky season, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds is returning to the cinemas on October, 20, October 22nd and October 23rd. Uh, so a whole bunch of genre films uh, hitting the big screen, uh, courtesy of Fathom Events for two nights only. Um, I've sure we'll be making it a point to see they live in Christine and the Exorcist out of those five films. That's great. I, I saw the Exorcist when it was re-released uh, feels like ages ago now. I, don't, I think Google you did too. I can't remember what year that was but it was like the version you didn't see. The, that was the one where they did the director's that. cut when they put back the scene for going down the stairs, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the spider crawl. Yeah. If, if I remember right, it was uh, the that I saw in 2003. I think it was when they did the 40th anniversary. Or the 30th anniversary. That would make sense. Yeah, no, that, that would track. I thought that was you longer know, than 10 years. I just, well, uh, no, no, that's I okay. 2003. 2003. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, yeah. That that would make sense. I remember going to see it at uh, the Freehold Raceway Mall movie theater with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, i got to see this on the big screen. It was a lot of fucking fun, but... They Live and Christine, that's sometimes I look into. More so They Live than Christine. I'm no more of a They Live fan, but Christine is still pretty fucking solid. But, yeah, I'd love to see Roddy Piper on the big screen with Keith Dave in that fucking 20-minute fight scene. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'll see both, actually. I, I, I'll see Christine, but, yeah, I would love to see They Live on fucking uh, on the big screen, man. Again, that's just, you know. Such a series that just now it, it, it's a movie that just really needs such a longer form format, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want more of that world? Oh yeah, I would love something new from that world. You know, I think Carpenter said he was like working on something at one point to like make another one, but you know, I haven't heard about that in a long time. I remember for a while he was considering making another Day Live, but I don't know how you could top it. You know, with Roddy Piper not being around anymore. <laughs> As now that he was such a quintessential character. Like, I don't know if you could duplicate that. You know, it's kind of like For making sure. a escape yeah, from I, New York again. You know? I think, well, I think the idea is, is that that's not where you're going to go anyway, because you would figure by the end with the building blowing up, not as dead. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, he's definitely just, dead. I think, I, I think you plug into that world. And, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't look at it from a cinematic standpoint. I would think, again, like a, a streaming service series is what makes more sense for that. Give us, like, you know, an anthology series showing us, like, maybe when, 
you know, an episode where maybe when they first arrived, you know, how long have they been infiltrating? Mm-hmm. You know, how how did they figure out yeah. some of the things they did? You know, maybe other pockets of resistance. Like, there's a couple different ways you could easily go and build, you know, a, a heavy-duty storyline out of it. And you think now would be the time to do it because now is like that time where, you know, you have the whole woke movement and everybody's like, open your eyes, man. Open your eyes. They're fucking lying to you. It's like, yeah, now is the time for like a day with that series. I think it would be a hit. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, and I, just I totally have, agree, like, agree, agree with the goal. Or whatever looking at a bunch of alien shit, you know, so sorry, monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's cool, man. Because, yeah, man, I'm with you where it's like this would totally work in long format, you know, and just, t- if anything, season one, just taking the time, building up and all that kind of stuff, and then you finally have the reveal at the end of the season of, oh, shit, you know, n- now we're actually getting to actually see, the, you know, what the Resistance is seeing, and then that takes you into season two of, you know, being awake and then seeing the rest of the world like it and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you know, I, I think this would definitely work really, really good in a long format where you can just take your time and build the world and, you know, get everyone comfortable with, you know, the world around them. And then, yeah, then you slap them in the faces with the shit about what's actually behind the scenes. Yeah, no, it definitely would work as a long form series. But then again, I'm the guy that's always saying that I wanted something more with Prince of Darkness. Uh, one of my favorite Carpenter movies, because it just, it lent itself for more, but you just never got any, so it's kind of like you have to just deal with the fact that it's a one-off. But like that, that whole world could be explored with the liquid Satan, you know, in the basement of this church, and you know the prophecies that were being revealed during the movie about what if you know Jesus was an alien, you know, and he got killed for it. You know, it's a lot of heavy fucking material in that movie. I don't know if you guys are kind of familiar with uh, Prince of Darkness, but it, it's just such a oh hell yeah. Movie. <laughs> yeah, we've covered well, yeah we've covered that. it on the show. <laughs> oh, ages ago, I know, but yeah, that was yeah, decades ago at this point. <laughs> you know, like, you know that we covered Prince of Darkness, but yeah, it's just it, it's one of my favorites of all time. I know people are always like, "Well, Halloween is his best." I'm like, "Yeah, but you haven't seen Prince of Darkness? Like, it's pretty fucking good. Like, there's a lot of fucking story there. You know, not to take anything away from Halloween, I mean, obviously, but you know, Prince of Darkness is one of those underrated Carpenter movies. Everybody's like, "Yeah, if you find somebody that likes it, you're like, yeah, you're my people. You get it." <laughs> All right, Dean. What else are we talking about? What do you got? Um, that's a good question, King, and and I will tell you. And this is one uh, particularly for you because uh, you are you are a resident uh, tire pumper for for all things related to Candyman. Uh, yes. And since you are such tire since pumper. you are such a fan of uh, he's, Candyman, he's a something pumper. I have learned. I have learned <laughs> that. <laughs> premium, premium collectible. Keep saying his name, you're gonna call him. <laughs> yeah. Well, the king, yes. the ping might, might get this opportunity right now because premium collectibles have announced uh, that they are putting out a Candyman statue in the Tony Todd likeness that's going to be uh, one third scale. It will be released sometime between July and September of next year, uh, coming in with the cool price tag of one thousand dollars. Is that all? It's actually $1,333 to be exact. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, hey, if anybody wants to sponsor me, anybody has almost two grand laying around they want to give me, I would love to have that fucking statue in my house. 
No takers yet. No takers. Nobody wants to fucking give you shit. <laughs> it is an impressive looking statue. Unfortunately, it's based on Tony Todd in uh, the uh, Day of the Dead, which is the third one, which is the worst one of the trilogy of Candyman movies. So I'm like, oh, why do you always got to go back to Day of the Dead? Because even the McFarlane figure that came out back in the day for the movie Maniacs line was based off of that from the uh, Day of the Dead. You know, I was like, ah, the first one, that's what we want. We want the first one where he's wearing the fucking cool suit and he's wearing the fucking great jacket, but uh, you know, so is Day of the Dead. But still a cool fucking statue. And yes, I am a big fucking hey, tire uh, humper, <laughs> humper, whatever it was for a candy man. <laughs> Maybe that's the cheapest license to get <laughs> for a candy man shit. Probably is. <laughs> it probably is. That's why they're always basing it off a of Day of the Dead. It's the worst one, and that's what we have the property for. But yeah, no, you know. One of the greatest horror movies of all time, that first Candyman. So, yes, I will gladly pump its tires all day, all night. <laughs> Thank you, Dean, for that. Very cool. Um, but you're, all right, you're what else are we talking about? You're welcome. So, uh, in the in the comic side of the the horror universe, uh, you know, I would imagine some of you know that for DC, uh, Bruce Campbell wrote a comic series called. <clears throat> excuse me, Sergeant Rock vs. Army of the Dead. Uh, that was a issue uh, limited series. Uh, and I have learned that uh, this October, I don't have an exact date, but this October, all six issues are going to be combined into a hardcover edition. Uh, so you would be able to, to have all of this in, in one place, like a collector's hardcover edition of the six issues in one, uh, in one anthology collection. So if you were a fan of this limited comic run, now is your chance to own it all in a in a in a collection. If if you don't already have it on your comic shelves, uh, Monkey, did you ever read it? No, I stayed away from it just because at the same time, but it was it was coming out when we were also getting nailed by a bunch of um, Ash products. I think also tied to uh, Dynamite. So my comic box oh, was actually okay. pretty full at the time <laughs> between, you know, all of the DC books that I was reading and then the Dynamite stuff and um, Elm Hatter and all that kind of stuff. I had a very, very full in uh, box at the comic book store when this came out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had heard of it. I just I never really kind of got into it, but might have to check out this uh, hardcover collection and see if it's any good. See if uh, Campbell has the chops to write, which I'm pretty sure he does. Charismatic tough guys like that always can write pretty well. But what about you, Gould? Did you ever read the Sergeant Rock uh, comic books? Uh, no, you know what? Most of those, like even like the Nick Fury stuff, like any of the the, the military based stuff, really didn't interest me, interest me all that much. I was more about like the superhero end of things. Yeah, I, I could read about. Mm-hmm. You know, military guys in actual history books, you know, and I found them to be more interesting than, like, I found the real stories to be more interesting than comic-based stories on it. Oh, yeah, no, I get that. All right. All right, Dean, so what's next are we talking about? Also, uh, that was DC. Now moving over to the Marvel side of the comic things. Uh, If you didn't know this, I will tell you that back in 1992... In Captain America issue number 405, Captain America 
was turned into a werewolf that was known as Capwolf. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird time. And I know that now there is going to be a new uh, four-part limited series with the first issue coming October 11th of Capwolf <laughs> and the Howling Commandos. Uh, so uh, will be returning <laughs> once again uh, to grace the pages of the Marvel comics. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird time for Marvel in <laughs> those early 90s days. They were just throwing anything against the wall to see if it stuck. They were just trying to make ah. that cash, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was part of a, of a series, man. I think it was like the fourth or fifth issue. Of course, I just posted the cover actually to our group page. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's issue four, <laughs> issue four of six of a, of a series, you know, um, <laughs> of a storyline. So let me say, not a series, but you know, like, it's funny. I, I, I get them wanting to do it this way, but realistically it would make more sense for them to have, like, pocketed this and did this in, like, the What If animated series that they have, yep. where you oh, know, yeah. they, they really could have played this and done it. I think that would have been <laughs> hugely popular. Then, make a comic book, bringing fucking, you know, Cap Wolf and the Howling Commandos. <laughs> That's too much military for you, though, Ghoul. You're out. Well, again, I'm not saying I would read it, you know. I, I really wasn't a big, I wasn't a big Captain America fan, you know, at all. But, you know, I, I found nope. him to be a much more interesting character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than I ever did in the comic book universe. You know, I, I always found the old well, yeah, to be a little more interesting. Oh, yeah, Chris Evans brought life to that fucking character. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Monkey. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with the ghoul with it because, again, Captain America... Um, Superman and Cyclops, all vanilla as fuck, all wearing oh, blue, big, big blue Boy Scouts, and boring as hell. You know, so yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's all three of those like characters. In, back in that time, man, Cyclops' most interesting, like, dynamic was the fact that you you didn't know if you wanted a cuck with fucking Wolverine and Jean Grey. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like the whole did. fucking yeah. movie. Yeah, Like, you know, he's sitting in the corner jerking off while fucking Wolverine is fucking <laughs> his girl doggy style, you know? Yeah. All oh, he's going to take is, like, one get... or two beers. And he's and in there. he's just going to cry about it. Oh, no, no, no. Cyclops didn't drink at all. That was another thing. Again, you know, <laughs> Superman, Captain America, Cyclops. Also, none of them drank either. So they were all boring as hell. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. It's because Jean Grey, she's into it. Like, you know that she wants to fuck Wolverine. So she's going to be like, oh, come on, Scott. Like, we can just have, like, one beer. One beer. It's not going to hurt you, right? No, uh, I guess. And then fucking he's plastered after, like, a beer and a half. And he's like, all right, whip yeah. it out, Wolverine. All right, show me what you're working with. Like, <laughs> it's like, wow, he's fucked up after only a beer and a half? But he doesn't drink. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bob. Going to fuck your girlfriend. Like, oh, shit. This is happening. All right. See? Oh, Justin, what is right? Taking off his pants. You know what? I don't need you, Gene. I'm just going to go find someone that looks exactly like you in every way. Yeah, I don't need you. I'm going to find... Find your copy. Your exact what a copy. Surprise. Yeah. 
Look, I found a chick that looks, looks exactly like the chick that I've been in love with and been lamenting all this time. Nothing suspicious there. I'm, I'm not good. Like a fucking mutant in a, in, a, in a universe of fucking superheroes and fucking weird supervillains that do all kinds of crazy shit, you know? Prize, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> no, see, that's when he has to just get mystique and he could just be like, hey, why don't you turn yourself into Jean Grey and we could just, like, bang. I mean, all right, three sometime. It's like, wow, two Jean Greys for the price of one? Hell yeah. Get him, Scott. I believe in you. <laughs> oh, no. No, mystique would have nothing to do with him because even she was like, no, man, you're, you, no, you're just way too vanilla. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Magneto, where are you? <laughs> but anyway, Dean, what else are we talking about tonight? I can tell you a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago right here, uh, I talked about the upcoming uh, R.L. Stein uh, Zombie Nation film. Uh, it's coming Zombie in September. Uh, it's Zombie Town, sorry. Uh Notable because of the appearance of both uh, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase uh, back together again, but they're not the main characters. This is more of like a mystery team uh, kind of film. It's going to have a PG-13 rating. Um, and, uh, you know, for some language and some uh, uh, violent imagery uh, and uh, the release date, the reason I was... Um, this up is that the release date is right around the corner. It's uh, going to be coming out uh, September 1st. Uh, so if anything about that has sounded interesting to you, September 1st uh, will be the chance to uh, see this film based on an R.L. Stein book. And also, uh, the reason I brought this up is because in the world of R.L. Stein, uh, there is going to be a brand new uh, R.L. Stein middle grade based novel uh, that's called Slime Doesn't Pay. Uh, it's coming September 26th, and it's going to be kind of a revenge tale uh, where some, you know, tween girls uh, who have been uh, the, the subject uh, or the victims of a, of a, of a school bully, uh, you know, go to uh, dark measures to, to enact or seek their vengeance. Slime doesn't pay. I like that title. It's a cool title. <laughs> that reminds me of like a PSA from the 90s. Remember, kids, and slime that- doesn't pay. And that's one to grow on. Shooting stars. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Do, 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 do. Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't get to watch a trailer for Zombie Town. I know it got released, but, um, you know, seeing Ackroyd and Chevy Chase together again, it just makes you wonder, when can we as a nation just agree that Nothing But Trouble wasn't that bad of a movie? Cause I oh, hell no. I on it. I'm like, no. I was like, it's, oh. it's not bad. Like, what? Like, it's not, it's not great. I'm not saying it. it is a fun movie. I just watched it recently. I was like, it's fun. Like, <laughs> it's not taking oh. itself too seriously. It's got the fucking bone smasher. Like, this fucking Rob Zombie, Toby Hooper fucking had sex and made the fucking bone smasher. Like, <laughs> like it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm one of those guys that I defend nothing but trouble. But I also defend Alex Winters' as Freaked, uh, too. I thought fucking Freaked was fucking amazing when it fucking came out. <laughs> so... You know, it's, it's been. I, I remember Freaked quite quite clearly. So yeah, like that's a movie that like it's kind of like a guilty pleasure. Um, you know, there's there's little things like fucking Keanu Reeves as Dog Boy. Uh, like, like, <laughs> yeah. I think, and if I remember right, Rat that might boy? be even, like uncredited. No, Dog Boy. Um, 
And uh, <laughs> I think I even think it might be uncredited, but I might be wrong on that. Um, but Boy. nothing but no, it was uncredited. one of those that, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen it in a while. But I also don't necessarily get the hate on it. I kind of found it to be like a weird, creepy, like fucking, <laughs> yeah. like, I, like it had some funny shit in it, you know? And like, I remember catching that on cable during its run and thinking like, wow, this is a fucking weird movie. And, and really not thinking it was all that terrible. But like I said, too, I have probably not seen that movie since like the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I see all these people, <clears throat> excuse me, online, they're always like, nothing but trouble sucks. It's not fun. It's not scary enough. It's like a fucked up Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but with comedy in it. Like, it's everything. Demi Moore was so great in it, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, you know, and the fucking weird twins, Devil and his brother. Like, it was just mm-hmm. so fucking weird. Then John Candy playing a cop, but also the twin sister. So it was John Candy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Muggy loved it. Muggy really enjoyed this movie. Might have to be a pick. It's just, it, it just, yeah. Oh, I definitely will make nothing but trouble pick. I have no problem with that. You got Digital Underground and Tupac singing all around the world the fucking Dan Aykroyd to get out of trouble. Uh, fucking, it's just, it's such an amazing timepiece period movie. Something that Dan Aykroyd always wanted to do, and he did it. And I was like, you know, people just kind of shit all over it. But no, I was like, give it another chance. Give it another watch. And you can just watch it for what it is. It's fucking insane. It's crazy. It's funny. It's got fucking some cool like horror highlights with the fucking whole gang. With uh, I think it was uh, William Baldwin, not William Baldwin. It's one of the other Baldwin brothers that shows up as a gangster and they get put through the bone smasher. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Having this heavy metal music playing while they're fucking getting smashed and their bones are shooting out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could talk about nothing for all day. But uh, yeah, the bone crusher. The baby crusher. Yeah. No, no, it was the Bone Crusher. It was the whole amusement park ride that he had where he would put people in it and they would go through it and their bones would get smashed up and spit out from the other side. So it was impressive. <laughs> it even had its own theme song. Uh, I can't remember who sang it, but it was like a heavy metal uh, theme. But anyway, Dean, what else are we talking about today? Uh, just a few short days ago, on August 18th, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game was released the masses uh, wherever you play your video games and we've talked about this game many times uh, leading up to its release uh, going back probably Mm -hmm. around a year until we first heard about it and uh, while they have had several performers doing all of the motion character stuff for the uh, for the characters I learned that uh, not only did uh, Scout Keller Compton do the motion capture for all of the female roles, I learned that uh, horror effects and stunt legend Kane Hodder did the motion capture for both Leatherface as well as Grandpa. He did. Uh, but I think you mean Christina Cleave. I don't think Scout Keller Compton worked on it. I know Christina Cleave did. And she was in Halloween with uh, Scout Keller Compton. I'm not sure about Scout. I'll have to look that up. Because I know that Christina Cleave was posting videos on her, like, uh, Instagram of doing uh, motion work because she was playing one of the uh, victims. But either way, um, I've seen some playthroughs, and it looks fun. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to play it. I don't have a game system. But. <laughs> I, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to trying it. It's uh, actually, if you have an Xbox and you have Xbox Game Pass, 
it's uh, it's it's available through Game Pass. So I am actually literally like as we are speaking, the game is in the middle of a download. Um, so so I will probably play it at some point this weekend. But then again, you know, I said the same thing about Friday the Thirteenth, and look how long it took me to play that. Um, <laughs> And that movie's like dead now. I mean, that game's dead now. Like they're like, we're, we're leaving. We're done. Now, now again, the one thing is, is I do know that uh, that that one of my kids, Zach, has uh, actually he's got it downloading as well. Uh, he, this is, I guess, one of his buddies or whatever plays, and uh, he uh, so he ended up down. He ended up getting Game Pass himself as well. So at least I do know that I have people oh, that nice. I can play with this time around. So there is a, a much higher possibility of me playing Texas Chainsaw Massacre than there ever was of me playing Friday the 13th. Because I have no friends. <laughs> Either do I. Join the club. Um, but, yeah, no, I, you know, I would love to play it. But, again, it's only online multiplayer. Like, they didn't do anything for single player. So I was like, that kind of turns me mm-hmm. off. Like, even if I got a gaming system, like, I just want to play by myself. Like, I always do. I play with myself in person, and I play with myself on video games. So, I don't want to talk about people. You, you heard it. We are. The dean, the dean plays with himself. Uh, not the dean, I'm sorry. The king plays with himself. All the time. <clears throat> it's like the one good night activity that I have where I'm like, ah, oh, I need to go to bed. I'm like, oh, let me just go ahead and do this real quick. And then I'm out like a lake. <clears throat> you need, you know, Zequil. And you have, you know, X videos. And TNXX, you don't need any of that. Oh, yeah. You can put on one of those videos. You know, I don't. I don't hide it. I had a moment so, last night where it was like one fifty in the morning, and I just had one of those, uh, you know, woke up and it wouldn't quit. So I was like, all right, take your pants off, cool girl. Time to go. So, thankfully, <laughs> thank, to go. thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I, I wasn't I wasn't met with resistance this time around. It wasn't uh, it wasn't anger and violence. It was like okay, <laughs> quiet quiet submission. <laughs> you do. So I'm you're making her walk the fucking green mile. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm frying. I'm frying. Oh, I'm fireball. It's over now, lady. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's time to go. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, boss. Is that time again? You bet your ass it is. Damn. <laughs> you put your fucking prison warden uniform on. You're just like, it's time. Like, where'd you get that uniform? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Dean, speaking of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, did you have any news about uh, the book that Gunnar Hansen wrote back in 2013? Next up on the list, uh, back in 2013, go. Gunnar Hansen uh, put out <laughs> a memoir. His memoir, uh, it was called, uh, you know, Chainsaw Confidential: <laughs> How We Made the World's Most Notorious Horror Movie. And uh, not long after its re- release, for whatever reason, it promptly uh, went out of print. Uh, I have learned that uh, his Gunnar Hansen's memoir about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is back in print uh, now, just in time for the 50th anniversary of the Texas Chainsaw. And, man, do I hope they put that shit back in the big screen for the 50th anniversary, because I would love to see that. Oh, I hope so. Uh, 
But the oh Fisk Gunner Hansen yeah. memoir, if you're interested in it, you can order it right now for the low price of seventeen ninety nine. So if you knew about it or didn't or were sad that it was out of print and always wanted to read it, now you can have uh, the chance to read it for, for a very low price. <clears throat> and I brought that up because when I saw that uh, news, I put it up on the Talking Terror page, and then the monkey texted me. He's like, look at this. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I fucking love it. Guess what? already ordered it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because I had a copy back in 2013 when the book came out. I bought it at Barnes & Noble. And then, of course, lost the time because of moving and shit like that. But, and I always hated it because I was like, I love that fucking book. So when they decided to do a reprint, I was like, got to get it. Got to get it. Got to put it in my collection again. Because Gunner has some great stories about the set. So, But, yes, uh, Dean, what you just said, I really do hope that they have a plan to release it on the big screen next year for the 50th anniversary. Like, they have to. I mean, that movie is so iconic. Like, they have to do a Fathom event, you know, for around the time it came out and release that. He dropped, by the way, so we're alone now. <laughs> so, I think we gone for the moment. But, yeah, I mean, I never had a chance to see it on the big screen because that's not one that they kind of do a lot. Um, Texas Chainsaw 2, they, they've done before, but never the first one. Uh, and I would just fucking love to kind of see it happen because the only way that you could do it yeah, was when Texas Chainsaw 3D came out. And you get that opening scene where it's like a flashback to 74, and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, we're seeing Jerry and Kirk and, and Pam all get killed, and then we're seeing what happens afterwards when the family gets killed. But that was the only way you could really see it on the big screen. Yes, Steve? I was just saying, fuck, yeah, man. Like, I can't – with all of the – in the – theater on their anniversary uh how could you not how could mm-hmm. they not put that back uh that like getting to see that on the big screen like you know as as right and people are going to the movies i've oh, i've been really working to take advantage of the opportunities <laughs> to to see like old favorite films on on the in the theater screen uh for the first time like i know you have seen it and some of you have seen it before but like getting to see 1978 halloween last october on the big oh, screen was like fucking awesome and uh last summer uh like getting to see the original jaws and imax was fucking awesome uh you know so to so to, to have the opportunity to see like they live and and um and christine and exorcist is gonna be amazing but man would i love to see the og texas chainsaw massacre in the theater well, hopefully, you know, Kim Henkel does something like that because he's the sole owner right now of the series, uh, Texas Chainsaw as it stands, because Toby Hooper obviously has passed away. But so hopefully Kim Henkel kind of listens to the fans and, and finds a way to put it on the big screen next summer uh, for its release because I'd, I'd definitely be the first yeah, one there. Yeah, fucking listening. I'll put on that pretty one Yeah, well, he is kind of. Like, <laughs> Kim Henkel is problematic when it comes to Texas Chainsaw. He, he's very particular about the rights. Um, and with Leatherface and how they, they present these sequels and things like that. I mean, he's, he's problematic. But, I mean, I'll gladly dress up as Pretty Woman Leatherface from the ending of that movie, bring the chainsaw, bring Becky, and <laughs> show up to the theater, you know, and just be like, I'm here to see Texas Chainsaw. You know, wearing my suit. They'll be like, oh, we, they'll, they'll be like, oh, we couldn't have guessed. <laughs> no, I'm actually here to see the other movie. Come out of the I'm here to see the rom-com. This is just how I dress. Sorry. <laughs> um, but all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Hmm. Way back in uh, September of 2021, uh, production started on Warner Brothers' uh, Salem's Lot 
uh, remake, uh, and the film was completed and in the can. Uh, it had a it had a release date of uh, September 9th, uh, 2022. First, mm-hmm. of 2023, but then they stripped that release date to uh, it lost that release date to the theatrical release of Evil Dead Rise, uh, and since that mm-hmm. time. Uh, Warner Brothers has pulled it from their release schedule completely with no explanation, uh, and really? now it's a big mystery as if uh, this film is ever going to see the light of day. Yeah, I didn't know they pulled it again, because they were planning on something in 2024, last time I heard, but um, weird, because I was looking forward to that one. You know, I'm a fan of Sam's a lot, um, but we'll see if they might be one of those that they can, or, you know, if they were smart, they would just release it digitally. <laughs> just, hey, you know what? If you want to see it this bad, 20 bucks. Rent it. You don't have to go to the theater. But, you know, you know that's what I would do. But what do I know? I'm not in Hollywood. There's a lot of things happening. <laughs> With the strike going on, I mean, they, there's that whole controversy right now about American Horror Story, the new season, Delicate where apparently they crossed lines to, to film it. So actors and writers oh. and stuff like that kind of went against the strike and decided to film the episodes and stuff like that. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, don't watch it, don't watch it, you know, support, you know, SAG-AFTRA and, you know, the writers union. So we'll see what uh, comes up with that because apparently that, that's a controversy going on. But, you know. Read into it. It's on Google. It's on Facebook. Everybody's talking about it, how they, they decided to cross picket lines to, to make the new season. But what else are we talking about, Dean? I will tell you, uh, always busy and, and quite prolific. Uh, Stephen King uh, has talked about what he believes his next three uh, written projects are going to be. Uh, the first uh, is going to be a collection of short stories. Uh, the second one, you know, main character from Mr. Mercedes and uh, its other book in the series, If It Bleeds, so another Holly Gibney story. And then finally, uh, he's talking sequel to uh, The Talisman. So uh, those potentially are the next three things on the docket for, for Stephen King. Sequel to The Talisman? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Huh? Peter Straub, yeah, he's um, gone, so yeah, he's he has to be alone and, on and, that. You know, I mean, we have a sequel to The Talisman. It's called The Black House. The Black House, um, <laughs> which is fucking far superior, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've said that a thousand times. I love that that book, but I also <laughs> yeah. I read I read them out of order. I read Black House first, then I read The Talisman, and because Black House is an adult themed book. Talisman kind of has more of that 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 young stand by me mm-hmm. and, and like that that younger yep. vibe to it. I just I just wasn't expecting that, and uh, and it kind of threw me off, you know, because it's like I don't know, it's like werewolves and shit like that, and it, it's a fucking it's a bizarre one. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was one that it, it, it's yes, uh, it's Catwolf. Um, it's one that I've been waiting to. Uh, <laughs> Finally, because they're they're always talking about fucking making a series of it or making a movie of it, and then they always, do. yep. No, yeah, I, I remember those two books. I remember because Ghoul, you were the one that told me like read the Black House first. It's great, and if you like it, read the Talisman afterwards. And I was like, okay, 
<laughs> and I was like, the Buck House is so much fucking better. <laughs> like, how do you do a follow-up in a talisman where it's far superior to the first book? I know. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I just, I don't. And you can obviously tell when Peter Straub's writing versus Stephen King. <laughs> Every page. Uh-huh. Like, oh, this is Straub. <laughs> Very boring, very fucking plain. <laughs> and Stephen King's like, very oh, dry. Oh, it was so dry <laughs> when he was writing. <laughs> I was like, how do people like Peter Straub as a writer? It's a slog to get through his fucking dialogue, and you know. But as soon as King picked up, he's like, all right, I got it, baby. <laughs> You're safe with me for the next at least ten pages. <laughs> all right, cool. You know, I mean, I, I liked, uh, you know, If It Bleeds was a great anthology that he wrote. Um, wasn't really a fan of fairy tale. Um, you know, just it wasn't really my vibe. Uh, and Billy Summer, I enjoyed. I was like, Billy Summer was actually a good book. But like Stephen King, like, lately he's just kind of touch and go. Like, you're either going to fucking really love it or you're going to just not like it at all. You know, so like, I think his last big hit for me was Under the Dome. I was like, that that was it. <laughs> And then he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, do my thing yeah. and write what I write. Under mm-hmm. the Dome was like a great book until like the last hundred pages. What a horrible ending. Yeah, until the fucking end of it, bro. Because he sick fucking, of yeah. yeah, I think I remember both of us, we both read that around the same time, Dean. And I remember both of us being like, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck kind of ending is that you get? Fucking garbage. Like, we were both so into that fucking book. And then, yeah, and then the fucking ending. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, fuck you. Fuck you, Stephen King. Look at these three <laughs> football-headed aliens that are like, oh, look at this. Oh, well, we got you trapped here. Well, hey, guys, could you lift the dome, please? Okay. <laughs> the fuck ending is that? Like, I was so mad when I heard that fucking really ending. That? You had me. Like, that that might have been like <laughs> something, you know. It was like, oh, they looked up and they saw through the portal that, you know, they were just <laughs> Kids, aliens yeah. oh, they're just kids. playing yeah. a, a game. Wow, man. Wow. Fucking far <laughs> out, bro. We're, that's how insignificant we are. You know, we're so insignificant that, like, you know, we're just playthings for fucking alien children. It's because he ran uh, out of fucking steam. Like, he, it was like a thousand fucking pages. At the end, he's like, I don't fucking know what to do anymore, man. Like, but I just, that, I need but to that's how it, but... he... <laughs> That's what King always uh, no, does, though, sometimes man. He <laughs> sometimes he can come up with an ending at six. Most times he can't. He, he's, he's not so a good third act in the story. Yeah, he's always great at taking you on the journey. He just always sucks at taking <laughs> you to the destination, you know? Oh, yeah. No, well, he, I, he think, has, I think the idea is that there is no destination. The idea is that we walk into a world that's lived in, and we're going to leave, and that world is still lived in. You know, they exist after yeah, our yeah. meeting. Essentially what it comes down to. And that's hard. And that's you know, why when I love somebody that wants to complete a story, you don't want to read that. Yeah. You know, that's the cool girl hate, hates them <laughs> no, because of that. No. Yeah, no. He, he, yeah, like with Under the Dome, he was so good at creating this fucking world, the Chester's Mill, that you felt you were there. Like you felt like you were a character in this fucking world and you were existing with these characters. And just living with them under the dome. And then in the third act, he's like, guys, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, I'm, well, how about we have, like, three alien children that look like footballs? And they're like, hey, we play with you. And can you not do that anymore? Okay. 
And then the dome lifts, and they're like, oh, we're good. Believe me, the series was a lot fucking worse. If you made it through the fucking TV series, I congratulate you, because that fucking ending was fucking far worse than the book. <laughs> yeah, well, they got they got Ridiculous. weird with that, too. You know, if I remember right where I oh my God, they did. that series, there was, like, some kind of weird, like, mine, and they were all, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of people were, yep. like, living in the mine, and there was, like, these <laughs> yeah. factions, and it got fucking, yeah, it was out there, man. Like, I meant to finish it, but it was it got so fucking weird that I was just like, yeah, you know what, I don't, I don't think I want to watch this anymore. Oh, no, please don't. The first season was good. First season, not bad. Yeah. yeah. But then they just kind of went with ideas. Yeah. Yeah. First season's great. And then they're like, well, oh, shit, we got picked up for another season? Um, uh, shit. All right, let's make a cave. <laughs> <laughs> They're alien children, guys. They're alien children. We have an idea. We have an idea. We can finish this. We can finish it. Oh, wait. You want us to do more? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit. What if God we make them right, well, drug runners? <laughs> It worked in Bates Motel, guys. It worked in Bates Motel. They had drug users and drug runners in that series. And everybody loved that one until the last season where they just kind of didn't know what they were doing anymore. <laughs> Rihanna as Marion Crane that shows up for a little while. Hello, Norman. <laughs> My name is Marion Crane. I have money. Oh, cool. Well, I'll let you live. You know, something I never put together with the, uh, with the Psycho movies you know, and, and characters was the illicit West Coast drug trade, you know, with uh, with fucking Dean and, <laughs> and, and all the fucking, the fucking inter-issues inter that occur between, like, fucking farm growers and the various fucking dealers and, and how they all fight with each other and fucking go to war and shoot at each other and shit. And it was like, damn, man, these, these motherfuckers are all a bunch of violent motherfuckers with people that uh, that are just simply growing some fucking weed. Oh, my God, it was cutthroat. It's like, who knew fucking, like, you know, the West Coast could be so fucking violent in this small coastal town of White Pine Bay? (laughs) 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 It's fucking ridiculous. And then there's Norman. Hey, guys, by the way, I'm going to have a lot of sex and be very confused about my mom at some point. Stay tuned. (laughs) When they got to those later seasons... They just didn't know what they were doing anymore. <laughs> they had potential. Like I always said, that series should have ended with it turning into black and white and Marion pulling up to the hotel and going, hey, I need a room. And then Norman's like, okay. <laughs> they didn't. They sure didn't. <laughs> if you ever watched that series finale, it's the most fucking weird shit I've ever seen. <laughs> so I still can't get, wrap my head around it. Where the brother's like, I'm not a drug dealer anymore. By the way, I knocked up your best friend and... Uh, it's kind of fucked up that her mom died, right? He's like, yeah, I guess, but I'm also Norma. No, that's not cool, Norman. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's <fucking> weird. Um, <laughs> uh, just, just watch it. Um, the, the YouTube clips are there for the series finale of Baseball Style. Like it, it was great until it wasn't <laughs> with a lot of shows. But all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? I guess we're not talking about anything. All right. Well, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> my thing cut for a sec. Uh, the final thing I got there, um, so we all, I think we even covered it for the show, the Predator Prey film uh, that came out a year ago, and for no. Hulu. And, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, for the most part, our, I believe our reactions were, were positive. But I was surprised to learn that uh, Predator Prey uh, has been nominated for a, a whopping six Emmy Awards, uh, including uh, Outstanding TV Movie, uh, and then awards in writing, directing, editing, and music composition as well. So six Emmy nominations for, for Predator Prey. Which is getting a physical release after a year of uh, being on Hulu. It's actually getting a physical uh, yes, release. Yes, it's going to have its uh, physical media release as, as well uh, coming up shortly. But we yeah. never talked about it on the show. Be clear. <laughs> we never covered Prey. <laughs> We've talked about Prey, but we've never fully covered Prey. Boy. No. One of these days, sure, I'm down. I love that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. And I do almost want. When is the uh, when is the Emmys? Do we know? Is that like like next week or something? Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, okay. Uh, it might be my next pick. Just just to give you that. If anything, let's talk about it before before the awards ceremony. This way, uh, sure, we could discuss the we could discuss the merits of whether or not an next. These nominations. The, uh, the Emmys. Uh, other other things. The Emmys. The Emmys will happen soon. Uh, all right. <laughs> on, on television. <laughs> they will happen on TV. It'll happen soon. On television. Ish. For us to watch. <laughs> I believe in you. And then, and then, let's see if it earns. And, no, and, then. And, then. and then, no, and then, <laughs> no, and then, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, I we live oh. in a world of do where's my car exists, and I love that world. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. I'm that one guy that goes in theaters when it came out. I was like, oh, man. That was during the heyday. Ashton Kutcher, Sean William Scott, like, you know, they were riding high. I did not get around to seeing that in the theater. I felt like it was one of those where I remember when it came out, I was like, eh, this doesn't look like it's going to be all that good. It's, you know, it's them doing a stoner comedy type of deal. And I just wasn't, like, for, for those two to be doing it, it was just like, eh, I'm good. But then, you know what? I remember seeing it and being like, fuck, man, I wish I did go catch this in the theater because the fucking movie was pretty funny. It had some, some great little moments in it. It was space really like fucking good. They fight each other. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah, it was surprisingly good, and they played really well off of each other, uh, Sean and Scott and Eshin Kutcher. But they were a great comedic team. You wouldn't think that's going to, you know, be possible. But, I mean, Ashley Kutcher, like, I liked him on that 70s show as Kelso. Like, he was always, like, the good-looking goofball. So I was like, I know he could play that type of character. But Sean William Scott just plays one character, and it's different. So no matter what movie you see, man, he's different. Yeah. He's kind of got typecast. Except for the Goon movies. The Goon movies are the exception. And Southland, He's not playing that Oh, can we not talk about that one, though? No, it's a good movie. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. It was. Like, it, I tried. It, it, it was the movie he wanted to do, and it had a roller coaster death thing in it with its own soundtrack. It's better than people remember. 
I don't know. <laughs> see, see, I see just, how you sound yeah. sometimes, King. <laughs> I do, but, you know, for, like, stupid movies, like, nothing but trouble I'll defend. But, like, Southland Tales, like, I wanted to like that movie because I like Richard Kelly. I love Donnie Darko. I'm a big Donnie Darko fan. And then when Southland Tales came out, I'm like, oh, this might be good. It's got a great cast. I mean, The Rock's in it, Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know, Sean William Scott. It's got all these people in it. But it was him trying too much to be like David Lynch. He was like, I love David Lynch. Let's talk about it. It's like, yeah, but no, though. <laughs> You're not David Lynch. You're not that creative. That was even, weird, you know, even with, Yeah. It's just, you're not. <laughs> There's only one David yeah. Lynch, and you're not it. But he tried. It, yeah, that, but it was like even like, you know, I guess like having like The Rock trying to put in like a and, – and, and at what? that time, yeah. you know, this is The Rock mm-hmm. trying to like – Start breaking and and like he's trying to play this like quirky, nervous type character, you know. And it's like, oh, I get the humor, you know. Oh, it's this big muscly guy, and you know, look at him acting like that. But it was just like this is silly, you know. And, like my my favorite part of the whole fucking thing was Justin Timberlake, you know, his whole uh, I got soul, <laughs> but I ain't a soul. His, that, oh, that music, fucking love you know, that in the part of the fucking movie, you know. Yeah. Like where the fuck did that come from? But I loved it. It's my favorite part <laughs> yeah. of the whole movie. And Timberlake, I'll give him credit. He's not that bad of an actor. Like, I liked his character in Alpha Dog. That movie about the, the group of kids that kidnapped the... Alpha Dog's great. Yep. Alpha Dog's good, but there's also that movie In Time, which is like one of those, oh, like, uh, <laughs> high-concept movie where, like, the concept is yeah. fucking great. But, like, the majority of the performances are like, eh? about it and like the writing is really terrible the story's very like rote but like just kind of like they live it's like an interesting concept of a world because it's just so fucking far out there you know where like we're born mm-hmm. and we we age until we turn like 21 or whatever it is no 25 and then once you turn 25 you're given x amount of time to live and the whole idea the dynamics between the wealthy that have more time and the and the other people that are living fucking by you know by minutes, basically you know, and you, you find these people that yeah. have fucking hundreds and hundreds of years worth of fucking time to live, and yet you know other people are fucking scrounging just to to, to make another hour. That was around the time that they were trying to make a lot of high concept movies because that was around the same time that uh, the Adjustment Bureau came out with uh, Matt Damon and Emily Blunt where you have these people wearing fedoras that could, like, change time, you know, and make things yep. happen when they want to make it happen. Like, yeah, it was, like, high-concept time, like, during that, that, that era. Like, let's make high-concept movies that are kind of interesting. Like, I like the Adjustment Bureau. I think it's great. In time, I really like to, and I think I was going to like it yeah, as I much. But theaters. it was just like... Hmm? Yeah, I actually caught In Time in the movie theaters. So it was like, uh, I did, too. Uh, yeah. Well, fine. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. One of those. No, that's true. It was, again, it was that time. Like, they were making high-concept movies. So that came out saying, Sam, the Adjustment Bureau. I saw that in the theaters. And I was like, oh, Anthony Mackie's fucking great. And they also had Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. And I've never been a Matt Damon fan, but I liked him in that movie. Like, Matt Damon's kind of touch and go. Either he's going to be really fucking good or he's just not going to be good at all. Fucking love him in Dogma. (laughs) And, you know, and, (laughs) you know. And then it's like, all right, well, we got to wait for the other one, you know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and The Departed, great in that fucking movie. 
I was like, that's the one character I fucking love, aside from Jack Nicholson. But then it's all fucking Leonardo DiCaprio movie. <sighs> a lot of fucking scenes of Leonardo DiCaprio in this fucking movie. Bring back Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you know, hmm. Or Alec Baldwin or fucking Mark Wahlberg telling everybody to suck his cock. Man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck your mother. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, that's, that's a whole weird one, too, though, man. Because, you know, like, there are people who look at The Departed and they do play that there's this, this homosexual relationship between the Damon character and, 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 and Jack Nicholson's character. And, you know, it's weird he, because, like, yeah. there's, 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 there's really got so it. little to go on to actually see that. But then, like, it's not yeah. hard to see either, you know? Like, it's fucking weird. Like, yeah, like, I remember saying it to, like, the goo girl at one point and her being like, yeah, no, nah, I don't fucking, I don't get that from the characters at all. But, like, I, I don't no, know. There's it, something it, dude, there, about specific scenes that I, I do get that. There is. There, there is yes, so yes. much sub, subtext about that throughout that film. Even little things. And now I've, I've seen that movie a few times. I, I know Scorsese uh, won the the the... Academy Award for it, but I feel like that was a, Oscar, yeah. like a gift because I don't like I don't think it's that great of a movie. I'm not a big fan of it. No. But you know, yeah. there are certain things like you know that that Matt Damon's character like is not performing as with his wife, you know, and right. uh, you know he's been under Nicholson's spell, and like when he's on the course with Alec Baldwin, and Alec Baldwin's like, "Oh, your new wife. I know you're getting in there." Like, of course you want to talk tough in front of the guys, but. Matt Damon, he's like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, working overdrive. Oh, yeah, like, he just looks so uncomfortable. And then the scene when, like, Jack Nicholson, he's with, um, I think I, I think she was, I, I don't remember if it was, like, a mistress or a prostitute, and, like, he can't perform. And, and like, even the dialogue, like, mm-hmm. oh, don't worry, baby, because I'll straighten you out. Uh, like, there's just, there are so many things scattered throughout the film. Yeah. Overtly and then, then subtly also. And I thought that from yeah. the very mm-hmm. first time. I never even read anything about it. From the, from the very first time I saw it, I thought that. Yeah, I mean, I I can get that, but I always just thought it was like a father son kind of relationship, where Matt Damon really didn't have a father, and you have Jack Nicholson playing this gangster character that's giving him food, comic books, money, and he's like, you just do whatever you need to do, and I'll have you in my back pocket when I need to use you. And but yeah, the 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 sexual kind of tension with uh, Damon is there. Just because with his girlfriend, Vera Farmiga, like, he's never really there. Like, she doesn't get railed out until Leonardo DiCaprio is like, let's fuck. She's like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know? Because you never really feel like Matt Damon's really kind of there uh, to be that person for her. But it, it's, it's a great movie. But uh, with you back, uh, Dean, it's your film pick of the night, The Seventh Curse from 1986, directed by Lam Guy Kai. Uh, give us a synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's talk about it. Yes, we have The Seventh Curse uh, from 1986, directed by Lam Nagai Kai, uh, who also directed uh, one of my most loved films from, uh, from any genre, uh, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Um, Love it. Which uh, is, just, is, just, is just marvelous uh, for a million different reasons. And, uh, you know, here in this film we have, um, you know, a mystery going on of this, this blood curse uh, from the sorcerer of the worm tribe, um, and uh, you know people that have been infected with this curse and trying to figure out a way to get an antidote, uh, and all the things that ensue 
uh, surrounding this. Uh, you know, we'll get more into it, but just uh, very quickly, I'll say that while I do not believe that this one, uh, you know, achieved the heights of the story of Ricky, I also I did find this to be just just to be a lot of laughs and, and great fun. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Good. What do you think about the seven curse? You know, <laughs> when I remembered that it was like the Dean's pick this week, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, but then I remember. Oh, man. The, 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 oh, man. Uh, I, I looked in our said. group chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, you know, I, look, I looked in the group chat to find the, the title, and, and I remember seeing like right under it that, you know, it's the same people that did Ricky O. So it kind of got me excited for it, you know. So I started the movie, and. You know, at first I was kind of like, okay, what are they what are they playing at here? You know, I, basically by the end of this film, man, I was fucking laughing. You know, there's just so many little silly things going on. Once that one fucking witch doctor guy started, like, talking or whatever, I was done. You know, like, this is a movie that, I, you know, more than anything else, here's the thing. Maybe I didn't love this movie, okay? I kind of agree with what the dean said. You know, this doesn't achieve the same height as, as Ricky O. The characters are just not as, as memorable. They're not as fun. But what I wanted more than anything else while watching this movie was for this to be an episode of MST3K. Like, I feel like oh they God, could yes. have done, like, so many amazing things with this movie, you know? And then the other thing I thought, too, would be, like, this might be, like, the perfect thing to kind of plug in, like, the Kung Pao people. But then, like, yeah, I, yes. I don't know if yep. that character really... Like, I, I, the, the high-pitched voice guy is what got me on that, the witch doctor. Like I said, like, once he started talking, the first thing I'm fucking like is like, oh, you call me Betty. <laughs> I know you know me as Master Bane, but now you can call me Betty. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. it but laugh. first, uh, <laughs> Betty's a woman's name. Oh, shut up. Mm. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so fucking true. <laughs> monkey, what do you get think about the seven when you cross a monkey and a football? <laughs> my ass. My ass. <laughs> <clears throat> so, monkey, your thoughts on seven curves? Oh, thank you, monkey. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello. It's great, man. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, what? Am, what? Oh, am I here? What? Stuff. What? Yeah. Uh, what what were we stuff. talking okay. about? Okay. <laughs> oh. All right. When you watch this movie, you have the choice to watch this movie either in its original language with English subtitles or dubbed. Okay. And if you have the option, you definitely need to watch this in the dubbed version. It's just because, yeah, oh, yeah. like, uh, all three of us, uh, the diva, uh, and my son, and I watched this together, and it's just, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly like the, the ghoul had said. Like, I, 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 like, started thinking I was watching a fucking episode of MST3K just because it seems like there was two voice actors, one for the guys, one for the women. And they are somehow supposed to alter their voices for the entire movie. So, you know, they're just going around just trying to change up their voices to do all the characters in the film. And it's just, oh, yeah. And then when we have our main villain come out, (laughs) 
ladies and so hello i am the bad guy i am your bad sorcerer i am going to instantly kill you and go num 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 with my black magic and, and there that was a serious dub and i was like oh my fucking god this is like a mc3k this the way that they were doing this shit on purpose in any way shape or form <laughs> <laughs> and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and I was just like holy fuck and I was like oh Chow Yun Fat's in this maybe he, you know this movie will be halfway decent because it's got Chow Yun Fat in it no this was obviously <laughs> well before the hard boiled days well before he was a, oh. a serious actor here like I, I, I'm having a feeling like this was something where he probably owed someone a favor and they cashed it in and they threw him into this movie but yeah it's just oh lots of silliness holy shit all right Woo. all right <laughs> so yeah <clears throat> you know with the seven curse it definitely isn't rickio like rickio is definitely this director's like high point like, Riccio is so much fun, a prison movie, a lot of gore, a lot of fun. And that's not to say that The Seven Curse isn't fun, because it is in a lot of points. Um, it's just that it's so kind of just all over the place when it comes to the story. Um, you know, it's like if you watch George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and you immediately started with the apartment raid, and then you just cut to them in the mall, and it's been like, oh, it's been a year. Crazy. <laughs> like, is what? Like, there's a whole chunk of shit we're missing here. You know, but then you get it through exposition, and it becomes a whole fucking different movie. You're like, oh, what, what? Okay, it's okay. So we go from the raid to a dinner party to all of summer in Thailand. Wow, and it's only an hour and twenty minutes. And then I remember, you know, finishing up the movie, and I'm like, dude, we have like three minutes left. What are they gonna fucking do? And they fucking ended it. <laughs> The guy was like, we're done. Like, everything's defeated. We're good. We're, we're at a dinner party. <laughs> it's all over. There's a lot of black dogs, a lot of black everything getting killed. There's a lot of cow placenta. <laughs> you know? It's just somebody gave them a lot of cocaine, and they're like, let's write a story. And they just fucking did a whole bag of it. And they're like, eh, fuck, it's a curse. Let's have fucking blood popping everywhere. <laughs> oh, Chow Yun Fat, before he met John Woo is in this fucking movie, like, you know, as, as Wes. And, you know, but there's, there's a lot. So um, the movie opens with a police standoff in front of the building. A special police force shows up, led by a man named Thunder. As soon as the guns start going off, and a man inside the building says they need a doctor because one of their men has had a heart attack. One of the hostages has had a heart attack. So a reporter named Sally shows up, and she's pushed to the side. Chester Yoon, a top cop, shows up ready to act as a doctor, and the police tell him to go inside and plant a bomb to save the hostages. He has no experiences with bombs, so a female officer is like, well, I'll go, and I'll plant the bomb, and we can just make this whole thing. I'll go. <laughs> so, and we will get to how fucking annoying Sally is a lot later, because she's annoying when she shows up, but she just becomes a lot worse. So, <laughs> when the female cop goes to change in a nearby van, Sally knocks her out with a brick and puts on the uniform. She then joins Dr. Yoon as the two head inside the building. They have until midnight, and that's when the cops will be going in no matter what. A grenade is thrown as people are killed, as Yoon and the reporter are taken at gunpoint inside the building. Yoon is soon directed towards the man who has had the heart attack as the special forces team outside gets ready to breach the building. The men inside discover a gun inside the medical bag. 
just as the special forces get inside the building and start spraying bullets. And finally, when the shooting stops, Ewan exposes the reporter as the police force. Thank him for letting him know of bad control. He's like, get the fuck out of here, reporter. She's like, oh, no. And he pushes into the other side. So, <laughs> yeah, and place. I was surprised. <laughs> and yeah. we have this gunfight, and then I was surprised. It's like, oh, holy shit, we're actually going to get some action in this. And, like, I'll give it to this. It's like, you know, the martial arts moments that we're getting in this are actually pretty well choreogra- choreographed in this film. It's like, you yeah. know, I was like, holy shit, we're actually getting some good <laughs> fight scenes in this movie. Oh, right. Something and good like, is going yeah. on. <laughs> it's also the classic, you know, Kung Fu fights where it's like, psh, 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 when every fucking yeah. thing, <laughs> oh, psh, psh, <laughs> so you know you're watching a Kung Fu type uh, scenario take out. Um, so once again, Yoon is thanked by the captain. <clears throat> he leaves to cut to a dinner party already in progress. Yoon is at the party where Sally finds him much to his disappointment. He's like, oh, this fucking girl again. She wants to do a news piece Uh-oh. on him, but she needs a new photo. Ha-ha, <laughs> wink, wink. Stalker. He pushes her away, Stalker. but she chases after him. <laughs> he leaves the party in his car when the reporter pulls up alongside him. He pulls out an inflatable device, puts it underneath her car, which yeah. blows up her car, and she's like, damn it. And he's like, see you later. And he fucking drives off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but then, okay, so he's in a Porsche 911 Turbo, and then it's like, how well oh, is go. he getting <laughs> – no, no, hold on, because he's – He's in the he's no he's he is in the classic you know 1980s Porsche 911 Turbo with the big ass you know whale tail on it and then I was like okay she's just a reporter how much is she getting paid because she's pulling up in a Ferrari next to, <laughs> next to his Porsche and I'm like what what you know how well is this shit getting paid we find out though they, they, she definitely gives it to him how she's that rich. Oh, why she yeah. has that kind of money. <laughs> so we find out later, not in this scene, but we find out later why she has that kind of clout. Yeah. So Ewan <laughs> arrives home feeling strange, like someone's in his home. He picks up a statue as a weapon until he sees a woman getting dressed. He scares her, and then she explains that the maid let her in. She paid her off. She's gone home for the night. But before the two can have sex, Ewan's ambushed by a man. The two fight, but the man gets the upper hand and tells him that he needs him to return to Thailand and rescue Baki. Yoon has a blood spell that he reached almost a year ago and will have a relapse. <clears throat> Baku has a ghost curse on her as well, and she's in trouble. Yoon has no idea what he's talking about, but he gets the man's card. His name is Dragon. Dragon then tells him he'll wait three days for him in Thailand, and also, you better not have sex or else you relapse. So what does Yoon do? He fucks. And he's like, nothing's yeah. gonna happen to me. <laughs> and 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 then again, it's like we have the bad, the really really bad dubbing here because you know he's got his trashy white chick and she's French. Which is, oh hello, <laughs> I am I am French. You can tell I by my accent. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was with one of the Dean's movies earlier. You can tell by my bad accent. I'm red hair and I am I am French. Hello. You know what? You know what's really fucked up? You know what's really really fucked up here, right? So I started yeah. watching this movie and. It took a while for me to realize they were speaking English. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. register to me. Like, I'm watching the subtitles, 
because I assumed that this movie was fucking, you know, it was just a subtitled fucking flick from Asia. So, like, I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm reading, <laughs> and it, 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 it had to have been, like, just after the whole, uh, the whole building with the fucking cop raid and shit where I finally realized, like, oh, shit, they're just talking English this entire time. Like, up until this point, I really was reading the movie more than actually, like, listening to anything that was going on. And, so, like, and not hearing the English. And, and not hearing so I had it. <laughs> it was bizarre. I had it, like, double, because I started it on, uh, on Plex, I think, or Tubi, and yeah, had it, Tubi. you know, it was, it was uh, English. And honestly... Uh, when I put it on the other night late, uh, I didn't have, I really, I didn't have the patience for, for the ads. So I checked on Amazon <laughs> and it was only $1.99. So I, I rented it go. on Amazon and uh, in Amazon, it was far, uh, foreign language spoken with, with American subtitles. So it was a different, oh. uh, different audio track. Uh, when I watched it on Amazon compared to two years ago. I need to go. Okay. What did the sorcerer sound? What did the sorcerer sound like? Yes, yes. That's what I was gonna ask. Was he tough? <laughs> uh, no, no. It was like a, a, like like there was like a little bit of like like femininity to it and like like squeaky giggling and it, it's hard to describe. Mm. But yeah, they kind of like kind of silly. So maybe like it sounded silly. Dude, they yeah they gave for his American dub version. They gave him like the evil Betty fucking voice. Like that is what they were. Oh, absolutely. A high pitched evil Betty. <laughs> I'll be back for you, baby. <laughs> it was it was fucking bizarre. So So they you get, visit so, the friend. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to go back and ask the Dean. So then in the actual foreign language and the voices weren't actually that much better than for the actual original version, right? Sorry, say that, say that again, Bucky. You're breaking up a little bit. Oh, I was asking. I was asking. So the original language version, the the actual original voices, just actually weren't that much better than the horrible dub versions, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounded like you know, it just sounded like a like a crazy Asian flick like this. You know, it was like like in like uh, you know, amplified voices, like um, you know, heightened. Heightened voices, um, you know, uh, Sally, mm. the the chick, super fucking annoying. <laughs> okay, gotcha. All right, cool. So, Ewan visits a friend named Wes, and he informs Ewan that he's been put under a blood spell. Ewan then talks about going to Thailand to get the herbs to cure AIDS. Apparently, there's a worm tribe there that specializes in witchcraft. <clears throat> so Yoon decides to take a walk over there, see what the vibe is like. You know, I'm here. I have nothing else to do, so let's check this out. So he discovers the young and busty Baku in the water below. She's so oh, beautiful to him when he drops his binoculars, which he catches and immediately drops. She then apologizes for breaking his so gym. <laughs> we hear so a lot of whistles, and the professor tells her. Wearing the white shirt, and fucking that, like full attention. You see that giant bush through her fucking panties. I'm just like, hey, what the fuck is this? Like it was totally not what I was expecting in any way. Like you know, so it was like when this fucking shit came out, I was just like, what? Thank you, 
<laughs> so later, the researchers at Yoon begin hearing the tribe's drums, and despite the warnings of the professor, Yoon and the other men go to scope out what they're doing and the tribe, and they discover a huge fucking building, which is their altar. Then Chief Aquila brings out Baku, who tells him that she only loves Dragon, not him. So Aquila pulls out some kind of a wand and shows it to some people who are not liking it very much. It begins glowing red when in front of a young member of the tribe, a man stands up and begs Aquila to not strike his daughter dead for their god. So Aquila is like, it's God's will! And then as proof, he throws a fucking alien baby creature at the guy, and the baby creature crawls around and bursts out of his chest like the fucking alien creature, and then returns to Aqua. So it's like, yep, all right, yep, this is going to be Ricky. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, that's I, true. I knew it. Like a, <laughs> really, really shitty round of duck, duck, goose going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so Yoon reaches for his gun and then runs off after the tribe to save Baku. The tribe enters the building, and inside is a bleeding tomb. Baku and the young man are tied to poles as the tomb's lid flies off as a creature with glowing eyes and a metal headband emerges, causing the young man to piss himself before passing out. This is the old ancestor that they worship. As as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, I I know the ghoul's happy. We got a pissing scene in the movie. (laughs) Uh, There's urine. No, 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 that's the thing. You know, for me, it's it's not about that. This movie's playing it for humor. You know, like everything's over-exaggerated. You know, like this isn't like a moment of like pure fear in which, you know, again, like I said, I always think Friday the 13th Part 2, you know, fucking when Ginny is under that bed. and (laughs) And I get it. You know, like, shit, you got this fucking, you know, cloth-headed motherfucker that like, chases you down to fucking murder you, but then a, a fucking small rat walks by, and that's what makes you think, you know, <laughs> hey, more power to you. And we should never, period. Then a bear would come through the fucking window. Wow. <laughs> it would have Or Riddick would smell it. Cocaine bear versus Jason. Like, that, that's the kind of shit they should be making by this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> So the old ancestor rises from the tomb and attacks Yoon as he approaches it. Yoon shoots it before trying to free Baku. The old ancestor begins chopping on Yoon, but Yoon fights back. Soon the old ancestor decides to go after the young man's sacrifice, ripping the back of his neck open and drinking the blood as Yoon tries to once again free Baku. A wind blows through the crypt, which causes the ancestor to turn into a demon. (laughs) And Yoon and Baku escape the tomb but are chased by the tribe. They reach the group you and came with and run for their lives as one of them is shot by a flaming arrow. So, (laughs) returning to the camp, a war breaks out between the researchers and the tribe. In the end, you and the professor are captured, and Aqua punishes them both for disrespecting the old ancestor. A goopy liquid is poured onto the professor's head, who soon begins to scream, causing his skin to bubble as he tears pieces of his flesh off and eventually disembowels himself as worms drop to the floor. And Aqua's like, mm, the worms seem to like him, but I'm saving you. Maggot, Michael. I know. I want you to know you, you. So you and his force fed bloody chunks from a dead tribe's man's chest, which causes his leg to pop blood as he is now cursed. And that's when he uses a monocle that fell to the floor after the professor died. And 
escape his confines as once again blood pops out from his leg. As he escapes, and more blood pops. <laughs> yeah, what? And he's using the, the monocle to magnify in a room where there's no sunlight because it's in the middle of the night. <laughs> but somehow it magnifies somehow the sunlight to free his bonds. Get <laughs> <laughs> off the fire! Fire makes light, and light makes heat. <laughs> mm. Science, science, I tell you. Again, yeah. So Baku, can't pick up she finds you. Like that we've got a movie in which there's fucking, you know, skeletal guys that look like they're out of army or darkness with fucking glowing blue eyes and a fucking flying baby fetus thing that wants to eat your face. Yeah. Well, fucking old ancestor looks like he was fucking like an Iron Maiden fucking cover. <laughs> the fucking metal headband and glowing blue eyes. And I was like, oh, is that Eddie? No. No, it's fucking the old ancestor. Um so Baku finds Yoon and tells him that, uh, I'm sorry I let you down. Yoon tells her to run, but instead she gets naked and then cuts open her fucking titty and feeds him some of that boob meat as he passes out. Oh. There's only so much yep. a guy can take. <laughs> Yoon wakes up the next day, Baku's gone along with his blood stains and wounds. Is that a cherry? He's scared. I'm like, what the fuck? She just cut open her titty <laughs> yeah. and she just pulled out a pump. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> There's just loose meat in your fucking tit that you can just fucking feed people? Like, is that how it works? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently it's just like, like loose fucking, fucking beef. Well, no, you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of in fucking, uh, in, in, in Lord of the Rings, you know what I mean? When fucking Arwen, like, gives fucking, gives whatever it is, her, her shit over to Frodo. She cuts you know, the tit open? Fucking, Oh, no, I'd say well, yeah, real. basically, that's how I kind of feel it happens, you know what I mean? She's like, whatever fucking, you know, light I have of my heart, I give to you, and that's how, like, Frodo ends up surviving, but that's what makes Harwin now, like, fucking mortal, I guess. She gives up whatever her immortality is, I guess, for fucking Frodo's <laughs> sake. But it's, 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 it's it never actually, like, it's never necessarily, like, spoken. It's kind of more, like, inferred, you know? And it's like, yeah, you could have fucking told us about that. He's dead now. We can't ask him anymore. But <laughs> So uh, we cut back to the present with Wes, and we get another blood pop from Yoon's leg. Wes thinks that this curse will eventually reach his heart and he'll die. And that's when Sally pops up, and she's like, oh, I'm Wes's cousin. <laughs> Hi. God damn it. Can you fucking go I mean, away for fucking one season? And we will have Chow Young Fat as Wes and stuff. And we know he's the smart one because he smokes a pipe. And he always oh, yeah. holds it out wide. When he gets you know, it's, it's, Yeah, <laughs> and he always holds it out like way wide on the side of his mouth. It's even on the fucking cover art. He'll hold a fucking pipe. It's like he's a pipe guy. He's not Chow Young Fat of hard boiled. He's just, he's just the pipe guy. <laughs> He's a smart guy because he smokes a pipe. <laughs> and of course, Sally wants to go to Thailand. Well, the hard and Wes is too. like, it's too dangerous for you. You can't go. And Sally's like, whoa. And he's like, no, don't worry. Are you hot? So, <laughs> <clears throat> so Yoon arrives in Thailand, and he ends up in a lavish high-rise building. As he waits around, he discovers the cache of guns on the piano. And surprise, it's fucking Sally. She's bought all of the guns used against the tribe because her dad's a rich real estate tycoon and she has a gold cart. 
He's like, yeah, but you can't go with me. And she's like, yes, I can. You can't stop me. So he ends up tying her up and putting her on the bed. See you later, Sally. Are we going to see her again? <laughs> yes, we fucking are. Don't worry about it. If you're like Sally, you're going to get a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you know, he, yeah, he's like, yeah, weird. you know, you, you, yeah, go ahead, Gould. No, you go, 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 go. Uh, I was just going to say, it's, you know, him just going around and, you know, charge her with her gold card. Because apparently, you know, you can just buy anything in Thailand, including like an M60, you know, at the, at the store. And they, and they take credit cards, you know. Venmo and Bitcoin, too, before it existed. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> character, you know, we we get the the line from Chow Young Fat that like you know she she's a brat or whatever, you know, so like she's spoiled. Um, I kind of feel <laughs> she is. like like the actress is trying to play her as way younger than the actress is. Maybe like I don't know. Like I feel like this character should be a little kid. Like the way she she's yes. acting and then the, the the performance that's given, but then like you get like a grown woman who's also a reporter and all this other stuff. So eh, it was kind of confusing, but I guess again in the, in the long run we're talking about a movie that has a flying fucking penis that wants to chew off your face. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will give my two seconds of thought on that. It's because I think you're right, Cool, um, that Sally is supposed to be a lot younger, like a kid. Um, she reminded me, she wasn't so old as an actress, it's kind of like Short Round from Temple of Doom. You have this yeah. fucking kid that constantly wants to follow fucking Indiana Jones around, like, no, I'm your partner, Dr. Jones. Like, that's, that's her character in this movie. Like, she just reminded me of Short oh, Round Dr. so much. Jones, <laughs> you know? And if it had been a kid, I would have been like, you know what, I get it a lot more than Sally. Because she definitely played it like a child. You know, constantly wanting to go with him, and he's like, "You can't. Like, it's too dangerous." And oh, come on! Like, you know, I could do it. So, definitely, I think they were kind of trying to channel Indiana Jones and that relationship, because this was '86. When did Temple of Doom come out? So '85, '86 in there. Oh, it came later. Eighty, eighty, yeah, '84, '85, '85 maybe. Yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. It came, it came out before this. I know that. Yeah. <clears throat> so it kind of makes sense that the, the left tunnel is he the left tunnel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ewan arrives in an old church and finds dragon inside waiting for him. But then quickly, kung fu fight. <laughs> as soon as he arrives at the church, <laughs> kung fu fight breaks down. <laughs> Every, everybody shows up at the church. <laughs> <laughs> and during the fight, there's another blood pop for Ewan. And then the fight immediately ends, so Ewan, Dragon, and Sally decide to drive where the tribe lives. Dragon finds out that night that all the children are gone. <gasps> Temple of Doom? And they were taken by Akula. <laughs> and forced into slavery. <laughs> so there's also some kind of flying demon spell, and Dragon is tasked to go with some men and find them. But, of course, Sally wants to go, too. So as they travel through the jungle... They come across some traps that kill a lot of the men, causing the others to run, leaving Yoon and Dragon alone until Sally shows up to annoy them. Sally wants to take photos, but Yoon tells her to wait, which she argues against. And he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell my cousin that you fucked me, that you molested me. And he's like, wait, that never happens. She's like, well, who's he going to believe? I'm like, oh, okay, now I don't like you anymore, Sally. Like, you were annoying, but now I fucking hate you. 
<laughs> well, it's, don't well, it's pull funny that it's card. Like, well, with your reputation, nobody will believe me anyway. So, like, she already knows <laughs> that nobody's going to believe that he did it. But, like, she, like, throws it out there, and then she's just, like, all fucking huffy-puffy about it. And then he threatens to fucking spank her. <laughs> if you don't leave, I'm going to put you over my knee and spank you. She's like, I might like it. He's like, what? <laughs> I might like watching it. <laughs> so after this exchange, Sally is grabbed and dragged away. Dragon tells Yoon that the children have been put in cages and that need to say Baku first. So first Baku, then the kids. Priorities, man. I got to get my pussy back. <laughs> it's been too long. I'm horny and, and they need and to you, go. Oh, shit. You, you're going you to give up a whap like that over some kids? <laughs> nope. Going for the girl first. Always. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I am not the guy you want in your rescue team because I'm rescuing the girl first. Everybody else comes second. <laughs> nope, you don't want him. Does it all for the nookie. The nookie. You can take your nookie. Absolutely right. Fred, there's something right. So yeah. You, you, you want to do yeah. music or you want tits? I want tits. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, we have kids. Obviously, they're important to the community, but we have this busty fucking Japanese girl. I'm going after her first. Sorry, guys. Kids can wait. They're in cages. Nothing's going to happen to them. <laughs> they're just hanging out. They're not, they're having, look, they're having fun, you. guys. They're they, not going they have anywhere. crossword puzzles. They have, like, things <laughs> to do. Baku has nothing to do, so I'm saving her first. <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's why Temple of Doom, I would have been like, Indy, go after the kids. I'll go after your girl. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Come on, Billy. Let's get out of here. This place sucks anyway. <laughs> so the men find Baku. But she doesn't want to show them what she looks like because half her face is covered. She's like, I'm ugly now. So Yoon tells her that he's on his fourth blood curse and running out of time. Baku tells him that there's some ashes in a cave, which will cure him, but he doesn't have a lot of time. We cut to Sally, who's been grabbed on the tribe and brought to Aqua. Sally uses the flash on her camera to escape from the tribe in Aqua, and she just runs off. So the next day... And when they get together mm-hmm. with them, it's like he was perfectly fine being like, oh, you want to take some pictures and chill? Oh, yeah, 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 let's do it. <laughs> but then she, Ooh, she, he was hair. perfectly it's fine with really it. good today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. Get one from the backside. He reminds me of the character from uh, Crypto 2, uh, Old Chief Woodenhead, the actor that was playing a Native American <laughs> oh, yeah. when he was clearly an American guy, and he's like, look at my hair. <laughs> Ladies love the hair. <laughs> they want to feel between their legs. That's all I kept thinking about sitting in the seat. Oh, they can't wait until they feel this Native American hair between their legs. I'm going to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, Yoon tells Dragon that their supplies will arrive soon, and they figure that Sally must have been taken by Aqua. No matter, uh, Aqua comes first, and they arm up and ride out. They arrive at the tribe's village with a jeep jump and fucking wreck shit as they go. I fucking love them. The jeep fucking popped out of nowhere. I don't know <laughs> Here to fuck shit up. America, <laughs> fuck yeah. I was like, I know this is an America fucking movie. But I kept thinking about that fucking song. We got guns and shit. You guys don't got guns. <laughs> so they take out much of the village with their guns and grenades and they enter the caves. We also see a, this fucking scene, man. We see small children in the village being dropped into a fucking shaft as their fucking bones are getting crunched and fucking blood. 
I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> when they went there, yeah, when they went there, I was like, oh, oh, my God, we finally have one good thing in this fucking movie. So they're putting them in a little child masher thing where it's literally going nom, nom, nom and just smashing those little oh, fuckers up. Man. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> like, like, we talked about those movies that like try to go there, but they never quite, like uh, Virus 32, where you're like, oh, shit, they're going to go there. Nope, they don't. This fucking movie's like, fuck those kids. They're babies. <laughs> and we're fucking funny. I'm like, all right, shit, okay. <laughs> you have my attention. But um, that night, as you tend to Sally, who's been passed out, she awakens in a possessed state and tries to kill him with a machete. She's gone berserk with incredible strength. And that's when Wes and his wife arrive, and Sally tries attacking him as a group of men descend upon her until she passes out. She's under a black spell. So to cure her, collect the blood of every fucking animal with the word black in it, and then put it into a tub. <laughs> Warm that blood up. Ooh. <laughs> Bro, I, dog, you know what, man? Black cat. When he was going on and on and on with that, I was waiting for him to say, like, black man. Like, I was just waiting. I was waiting for the racist <laughs> joke. Like, I it just, I would have fucking died. I, I probably would have fucking died at that point just with laughter, so. You just see the one black guy and go, like, not me, Master. Not me, sir. Not me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> go to the big out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want none of that shit. I don't want none of that shit, sir. I think I, I, I hear my name being called. What's that? Gotta go. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> so as Sally is put into the warm blood, we then cut to Sally waking up in a tub full of cum and toilet paper hanging everywhere with Baku's still <laughs> watching near a window. Yummy. Sally ends up seeing Baku's half-burned face and freaks out. She's like, oh, my God, you're fucking weird and ugly. And it's, like, it's not really that bad. It's like a small portion of her face is kind of burned, but it, it's fine. So she gets comforted by her aunt and Yoon. No time for small talk. They have ashes to get. Dragon and Yoon leave to go get the ashes as Yoon reveals the sixth blood pop that has happened. I'm going to die soon, man. <laughs> There's only one left. <laughs> There's seven. That was a sixth. But Wes tells him that they could change his destiny. So um, go ahead. We're going to have to go ahead and kill a black dog. And then can you go ahead and get me the placenta of a pregnant cow? Like, I don't have to tell you what this is going to do. You just have to trust me. And they're like, yep, let's do it. And you never hear about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's like, go. And like the, the assistants just like take off. Like it's easy to go find those things. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Yes, sir. There's the one black dog left in the community. Let's kill him. <laughs> what do you have against black dog? Just see that black dog just kind of creeping through the community. I'm going to take off. It was fun. <laughs> but I heard some shit, and I'm leaving. And that dog just like tears ass. Was like, that was our last one. Well, can't give him the liquid. So we then see Aqua summoning the flying demon baby to kill Yoon and all the others. It's very easily defeated uh, when it enters a cabin and tries to take out Wes. So is it dead? Is it not? No, we're going to find out. Because we're in the third act, Eddie. So you and the dragon <laughs> find a huge statue that they'll have to climb. No problem. I love this part. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they, and it's just, they and it's, discover and, and it's more guys. rip it's, yes. it's more rip off of of Temple of Doom because they have to sit there yes, and get the, the rocks. <laughs> and it's all these guys in orange togas called the Masters that they have to fight off. And at one point, Noon almost falls to his death, but he saves himself. Finally, drags are to the Masters. Okay. Hmm? Those are those are monks. <laughs> well, they're called the masters <laughs> in the movie because he, he, they address them as the masters, and I was like, okay, so they're not monks, but they're men. Whatever, it was, it was fucking cool. <laughs> no fight. Um, so Dragon's like, hey guys, um, we just want the eyes of the statue. Is it cool if you give it to us? Like, no problem. And they're like, yeah, no problem. So Dragon, yeah. Means, after all that fight, then it's like, oh, da- oh, that's what you want. We thought you wanted like to take the whole <laughs> statue. Oh, you just want the <laughs> eyes, okay? Oh, the yeah. Eyes? <laughs> oh, we're cool. We're cool. Yeah, take them. We don't I, need them. What the fuck are you doing with eyes for? It's like, and, and you have this, you know, giant Buddha statue in the middle, you know, uh, of a, a cave, you know, filling up the entire cave, and then they fucking completely destroy <laughs> this respectful <laughs> deity. It's like that. Oh, 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 oh. Our only God. It's like, yeah, because they said, like, this thing's, like, been there for, like, thousands of years, and then, you know, this very poorly constructed <laughs> set piece, like, just falls apart all the over the place. <laughs> oh, then all of a sudden we're in fucking Raiders? Where the fucking head falls off yeah. and starts going down like the boulder from fucking Raiders? And like, oh shit! Yep. Like, Where's the fucking indie theme? <laughs> God damn it, this is fucking Indiana Jones shit. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me the idol! <laughs> Throw me the whip! Throw me the idol! <laughs> <laughs> so, once that ends, that scene, we get another blood pop and Yoon to hurry up he has to swallow one of the eyes, which is glowing, and Dragon's like, you got to swallow it now, then the blood spell. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Swallows it with no fucking question. I'm like, wait a second. It's like a rock. Like, am I going to die? <laughs> I would have so many fucking questions. So you shut the fuck up and eat it. I don't, I don't know. It, like, it's Dragon, okay. It's one of the, you're not answering it's one the, of the dra- It's one of the Dragon Balls. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I just would have a hard time. Like, I'm okay with dying. Like, I don't mind. Like, I've left a good life, but I don't want to eat this glowing fucking thing. You have to. I don't know. Is it going to pass? Yeah, I don't want to have to ship this fucking thing out, man. Like, is it going to digest? That's a fucking solid stone, man. <laughs> so many fucking questions. Eat it, white boy. Okay. Well, I don't like it. Do you have any salt? Make it go down a little easier? No. Eat it. Put, oh, yeah, oh. And you American, I bet you want some ketchup too, don't you? <laughs> Do you have any on you? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> so Yoon and Dragon return back to the village where everybody is kung fu fighting and some are even fast with lightning. And the worm uh-huh. tribe already sacrificed <laughs> Sally and Baku. I see what Apple is delighted. I just heard Carl fucking Douglas fucking singing this fucking song as they're all fighting. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Hooah. Oh, good old Carl Douglas. But anyway, Aqua is delighted that three men and two women will be sacrificed to the old ancestor. This is where he really fucking picks up his character. He's like, mm, so happy. Three men and two women. Oh, he's loving it right now. He's fucking having a great time. What a great day for him. <laughs> so 
Dragon arrives with Yoon, and, and uh, Dragon eventually fights with Aqua, who lands on the old ancestor's tomb, waking him up. And that's when the tomb becomes self-driving and chases after Sally, Baku, Yoon, and Dragon. All of a sudden, you just get the wheels, and it's like, like I'm driving after them. Um, the old ancestor falls out of the tomb and then eventually becomes a demon. The demon starts flying around and attacks the group, and that's when Wes's wife, along with other troops, show up and begin shooting at the demon, which bites and kills some of the men. And when I say bite and kill, I mean fucking rip them the fucking shit. You're fucking getting spine <laughs> fucking tears. You're getting fucking guts getting rid of open. Like, this demon is not giving a fuck. It is having a great time. <laughs> With what it's task oh, is. Like, I'm here for it. <laughs> so, um, as this happens, Wes's wife then reveals that they didn't kill the baby demon. It's still alive. And it flies out and attacks the big demon. Um, in case you were wondering who's going to win that fight, it's the big one. Because it ripped the fucking shit out of the fucking baby demon. The demon had no fight. The baby demon tried. No. Super fucking death. And it's like, well, what are we going to do now? And that's when Wes shows up with a rocket launcher. Two taps. Kills the demon. The fucking rocket launcher. Especially when they were like, you know, especially when there was all that, you know, bullets and shit aren't going to do anything against magic. Why did you go and get all those weapons? <laughs> was the rocket launcher magic? Probably. Let's <laughs> never talk about it. Oh, just shows was up it a, that oh, shit is a, like, that you. means it was a magic missile? From Dungeons & West knows magic. <laughs> Immediately just shows up and he's like, double tap, see ya. What's up, guys? <laughs> Thank God I came here with the fucking rocket launcher. Um, right. But by the way, <laughs> wasn't there something about like sacred ash that they were talking about that we kind of lost track of during the movie? Yes, there sure was. Dragon was holding onto it the entire time. And he's like, oh, you mean this ash? Oh, fuck. It's like, it's old now. It's not going to work. <laughs> they all turn to Baku and they're like, Baku, Baku, can we talk for a second? You're, you're going to be ugly the rest of your life. You're, you're going to be ugly. But you know what? You know what? Dragon loves you. And he's willing to accept you for the freak that you now are. Because you know what? Beauty just stands for life. Like, it's okay. And she's like, yeah, but I'm ugly. He's like, don't worry about it. Like, I'll, I'll put a fucking towel over that side of your face when we have sex. Like, it's fine. No, man. Like, it's, it's definitely cool. you just only have to look at the one side. You don't have to look. What? You don't have to look at both What's sides. What's really funny is if you, if you look... You can see she doesn't have the makeup on her at all. Like, nope, you can gone. see clearly <laughs> yeah. that her face is perfectly fine. And I kept waiting for her to, like, be popping, like, some kind of surprise on the guy. Like, oh, look, my face is healed. But, like, she continues to keep it covered the whole time. Like, she's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, don't think, I don't think they bothered putting the shit on her. <laughs> but I just love how it becomes, like, an after school special. In the last, like, minutes of this movie, I'm like, oh, shit, we have, like, three minutes left. And they're like, Baku, Baku, we love you. And beauty is in the heart, okay? Like, it's fine. Like, we're going to work it through. I mean, Yoon's going to be fine. His, his blood spell, fucking far over, man. He's going to live forever. <laughs> you, you're going to have to live as an uggo, and you're going to have to figure it out. We don't know how, but you are. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's such a small part of your face. Like, 
look past it. <laughs> you know, dragon, you know, flip her over, do a little bit of backwards magic, you're fine. You don't have to look at her in the face. Like, you know, it's, it's fine. But, of course, like the ghoul said, when you see that scene, she's not wearing that makeup anymore because the director's like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> We're at the end of I've literally done all the cocaine I can do, and I don't care if she has face makeup on anymore. So, with all that being said, the movie ends with a dinner party where Dragon, Yoon, Clint Glasses, and the credits roll. It's like, what? <laughs> when this movie, I was like, that? What? Okay. We're ending with a voiceless dinner party where they're like, oh, we're wearing suits now. Ha, ha, ha. Evil's defeated. Clink. <laughs> well, yeah. apparently there are, <laughs> there are multiple endings to this movie, and one of them actually I heard that they were, yeah. The story being a story within the story. Like this, you find out that in the end that this is all just them telling you the tale of what occurred, and you don't necessarily, I guess, know whether or not it's true. Because I guess all of this is based on some kind of, like, book series that uh, that the guy that narrates the movie is actually uh, the writer of. What was a narrator? Yeah, yeah it was a guy at What's one that? point where he's talking. Oh, I just thought that was uh, Yoon. I thought he was, like, talking no. shit. No, that's, that, that's, that, no, like I said, I mean, this is all weird shit that goes on, man. It's, it's a fucking weird thing. I mean, we never really found out yeah, if they discovered the but, cure for Yeah, because, because the, the, write, the writer, the writer <laughs> of the books, I read that too, actually has an appearance in the movie because he's the old dude at the dinner party that's talking to all the chicks about talking about how to pick up chicks and all that kind of stuff. He's the actual author of the book <laughs> that, that this movie is based off of. <laughs> of course he would be. Yeah, so like even like Chow Yun Fat's character has got his own book series, the Wisely series. Yeah, the Wisely series. Yeah, I saw that on IMDb. I'm like, no, it's 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 bizarre. Like you know, like you said, well, it's a bizarre movie. It's very disjointed. Where it's like, yeah, we got this story going on, then we got a flashback, and then we're gonna go flash forward and go to Thailand again. Like, All right, well, we got like three different movies going on because that whole <laughs> beginning didn't really matter. The whole police, you know, raiding the building, like it just it led to nothing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like okay. Well, so we have a set piece that then. introduced Sally. It introduced Sally, the most important character in the movie. Oh my god, yeah, she was clearly <laughs> great. But <laughs> who, to me it just felt you know, like ancillary. Like it felt, yeah. She clearly gets a cop <laughs> yeah, killed at the beginning of he the does. movie. Because, you know, she mm-hmm. decides to pretend to be the fucking nurse. But, uh, yeah, no, you know, that, that I love never comes to fruition. But, again, flying baby fetus, so, so what am I saying? I forget what I, I forget that. I keep trying to apply rats now. Baby juice. And it's like, exactly, well, baby I mean, it's the same thing as the, uh, and same thing as the captain, Thunder. In the special police force, like, they made Thunder like he was going to be a character. Like, yeah, this is Thunder talking to Harold. And I'm like, Thunder's going to be a character in this movie. All right, I'm with it. Like, you know, he's supposed to special police force. Fucking disappears. After the fucking opening of the movie, I'm like, all right, well, he's gone. All right. Oh, we're going to follow you now? All right. I guess we can follow him. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was thinking about Thunder the entire time. I was like, I love Thunder. I was just sick. But it would have been cool if we followed Thunder. But like I said, it's like that Dawn of the Dead thing again. <laughs> it's like, imagine having the whole opening and then fucking going into a completely different movie. <laughs> You have the whole apartment raid with Peter and Roger and everything like, oh, shit, look at these guys. And all of a sudden, you're like, 
Anyway, we're going to go into this other movie with this guy that got blood curse. <laughs> what? Where did those characters go? <laughs> it's just so confusing. Um, but overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, it, it's silly fun, like we've talked about. Like, it's silly fun. I definitely think if you haven't seen Ricky O, the story of Ricky, definitely fucking watch that movie because that movie is insane, funny, gory as fuck. It's a prison movie. Uh, definitely worth checking out. But um, since the Dean and I did a flip uh, where I took over last week, he took over this week, Monkey, the pick falls on you for next week. So what are we talking about? Yeah. And and while the Dean did have some sexiness in this pick, uh, I'm going to go back to what we were doing, and we're going to round out the month with another fucking sexy pick since everyone is done that this month. So, for my hot and sexy <laughs> it's pick... It's sex month. <laughs> it's sex month. So sex month. <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to sit there and we're going to do... We're going to go to 1982 for that version of Cat People. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, oh yeah. the remake with, with uh, Malcolm McDowell? Yeah. You fucking yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking in. I fucking love cat people. <laughs> and, the, and, and, and this fucking Malcolm McDowell. And, and, That's a and sexy fucking some, movie. And this should have some cheekiness for the ghoul gal. So maybe I can, like, you know, get my card back a little bit since, you know, this year I've kind of pissed her off with my picks. So maybe this will be I a nice little watch for cat. you two together. You pissed huh? her off? I was doing that musical. I want to be Good doing the musical music. version of Cats instead, you know? Uh, with mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Cat Buttholes. Every... Oh, Joke, okay? Joke, okay? I'm sorry, man, but there's, oh, okay. there's just nothing funnier than fucking seeing Ian fucking McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen, who's in so many great fucking movies, you know, has portrayed such great, amazing characters, and just just, just him looking so utterly, like, pathetic and pitiful, and the, and the look on his face of, like, I can't believe I fucking signed up to, like, do this one. Like, and he's, like, an actor-actor. He typically doesn't give yeah. a shit. You, know, you can just kind of tell. Like, this one was kind of like, man... I really fucked up on this, didn't I? Oh, <laughs> else, he knew what he was getting fucking into. <laughs> he knew. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not afraid to take on projects. But, you know, of course, now that with cat people next year we're talking about, now I have the David fucking Bowie song stuck in my head. Putting out the fire, cat people. And that's going to be stuck in my head now. <laughs> Until next week. I fucking love that song, too. Uh, again, you know, monkey, great pick, very sexy, keeping it sexy for this one. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for your pick of the seventh curse. We'll see you back here next week for cat people. Yes, my my esteemed uh, pleasure as as always. It was fun, man. Glad you could be here. All right, monkey, Cold your pick is next week with cat people. We'll see how hot we can get next week. Hot. Hoping for it. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode and letting me come in your ear. Awesome. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Go, <laughs> 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 right. why don't you go ahead and sign off? To have you, monkey, for stealing what I wanted to do. Oh, I am so sorry. You wanted to do it. Ah.
motherfucker, you. So, anyway. Oh. Be <laughs> scared. Good luck out there. Okay, be, be, be nice to people, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be nice. Be kind, everybody. Accept one another. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Heart, and G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Keep watching horror movies. And as always, we'll see you back here next week for the Monkey's Film Pick. Cat people. And like the ghoul had said, just be nice to each other. Accept one another. Love one another. And be at peace. We'll see you back here next week. Fuck a titty. <laughs> 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 <laughs>